0: It's time for your weekly trip inside the ropes and behind the scenes of the Australian golf industry. Welcome to another episode of the Australian Golf Show with Tiffany Cherry and Mark Allen.
1: Welcome to the show as we take you inside the ropes and what has been a great week of golf, Marco. Well, a hole in one. Have you, how many aces have you hit in your career?
2: Look, I've had 12, but I I, I only...
1: Pick myself off the floor.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I only had had about three in competition, uh, but what, what we saw there...
1: Did you ever win the car?
2: No. Uh, Can can I tell you just a stupid story? Um, I was playing in the Ford Open. I was broke. Um, I needed some cash. And playing in the practice rounds, uh, we looked up and beautiful. We've got this big Ford Fairlane back in the day. That was the the Holy one prize. It said Thursday through Sunday. Was it a terrible brown colour? And that was beautiful, blue, blue wow. color. Anyway, so, well, yeah, the practice round, you look at those things and they go, oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. And you move on. <laughs> Thursday, normally they'll set Sunday only. This one said Thursday to Sunday. And I thought, well, that's great. You know, it's the Ford Open. They're doing the right thing. They're putting it up every single day. Anyway, I got, got around to the 15th hole at Kionga and um, I'm right on the cut line, like right on yeah. it. If I make a bogey, I'm out. And I've got no cash. <laughs> Um, this pin was so far left, it was right next to the deepest bunker on the golf course. There was a huge left to right wind. The only place you couldn't go was left. So my thinking was on the tee, um, I'll just aim it straight at the pin and this wind will blow it right across to the other edge. And I don't even care if it's in the other side of the bunker. I just it's don't, safe. Yep. Don't go left Yeah. because you know, you're going to have a 25-footer at best. Anyway, I've made the swing halfway down. I know it's going left. I'm hanging on for the grim death. Don't go left. Don't go left. I look up and it starts to draw left of the hole and I'm gone. I know I'm gone. The biggest gust came. Like You just feel the change. Blows it back and it lands on lines and it goes in. Right. Can the- you see it? Yeah, it's very close to the clubhouse. I promise you there's 500 people around the (laughs) hole. They've gone crazy. And the first thing I think of is, hey, I'm going to make this cut. It's fantastic. Anyway. It's gone in. People start going, you've got the car, the car, like this. And I've gone, holy moly, I've got the car. Anyway, so I start carrying on like... (laughs) An idiot, you know, I'm driving the car. I go up and I kiss the car, you know, walking down the fairway. And then out of nowhere, this bloke yells out uh, from the crowd, yells out, hey, dopey, except he didn't use the word dopey. Hey, dopey, it's Saturday Sunday only.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Anyway,
2: I've gone white and I've looked back and you can see where they've crossed out the Thursday (gasps) to Sunday and it's Saturday Sunday only.
1: Read the anyway, small so print.
2: Uh, so uh, anyway, I end up making oh. the cut. I'm, I I end up watching. There's a show called Sports Tonight. So yep. I've gone you out and had a well. steak. You know, I'm going to make yep. some money this weekend. This is great. I'm sitting up in my hotel room watching Sports Tonight, and they show the the hole in one. I thought, oh well, I was playing of the day, isn't that great? And then they show me carrying on like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> kissing the car and then you could actually see my heart break oh. on tv and that they go back to, they go back to Tim Webster who was hosting the show and he and he just looks straight down the barrel and goes oh no <laughs> and explained <laughs> that, is that I didn't get the car can, can we just talk about just really quickly because I'm dying to get the car Web, she, she's a superstar yes. human yep. being and what yep. she's doing for Australian golf women's golf you, you'll tell that tale shortly yep. I'm sure what Steven Elker is doing at the moment on the Champions Tour is outrageous. He he was – I don't want to call him a battler because he's better than a battler. You know, he's played professional golf his entire life. That's hard to do and mm-hmm. keep your head above water. But to finish second, then a win, and then finish second in the Charles uh, Schwab final, he's clearly playing his best golf. The best golf of his life he's playing – at the age of 50 years old. Now, for people out there who just love the game, you can see that this truly is, and it's mm. look, it's Golf Australia and the PGA's motto, really, it's a game for life. Absolutely. This is this is absolute proof that you don't have to tail off when you get into your 50s, even your sixties. You can keep on improving. You know, you you might have taken up the game. As a 25-year-old and you've got yourself down the singles and then you had kids uh, and then you got a job and then finally you might find some time in your 50s to get yep, better at yep. this game, Yeah, you, you, you can. Yes. You, you can truly get better at this game.
1: My dad hit his first ace at about 74.
2: There you go. 74 I mean- years old. Yeah, it, uh, and still play, and and that's that would have brought him so much joy.
1: Oh, oh absolutely,
2: so, so much joy to the game. I mean, hole in ones, in, you know, we're just talking about um, uh, suos, hole in one, and and all, all these sorts of things.
1: Yeah,
2: but just improving, being able to play a sport at the age of fifty, where you know it's it's competitive. You've got to walk eight kilometers on most golf courses. Oh, yeah, you've got to hit a golf ball hard. And to have a sport like golf and be able to improve all the way through, yep. wow, I mean, what, you know what? what an advertisement for our game.
1: I think, and some people might say, oh, you're crazy, but I honestly think it is. The, it has the capacity, not potential, because that's a terrible word, mm. has the capacity to be the number one sport for females, women, mm. girls in this country. You can yep. start young, as you said, you can go all the way through yep it's really non-contact because there's a lot mm. of parents out there worrying about what's happening in you know the contact football variety you can go to the olympics you can win a million bucks you can win a lamborghini yep. you can you know you can play on the world stage you can yep. play in a team it is such a brilliant sport it's yep. it's outstanding and and no doubt kari webb has you alluded to she's uh cherry picked for this week she is our guest the greatest uh, golf for this country has ever produced, um, and one of the great sports people uh, coming out of Australia. I'd love to. I can't wait to hear what she's got to say about uh, about the sport and about women and encouraging women into the game.
2: Yeah, well, it, it's very important. You know, we, we've got to make golf better. Uh, very, very. Now, you know, you talk about growing the game. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great to grow the game. Mm. But we've got to make golf better, mm. and if we make golf better then the game will grow by itself. You know, I think sometimes we're looking at the dog instead of, you know, trying to work out what makes the tail wag. Mm. Um, You know, you've just got to, if you make golf better, the game will grow. It's as simple as that. I I can't wait to speak to Curry.
1: Yeah, well, World Golf Hall of Fame inductee, Curry Webb joins us right after this. Stick around you're listening to the Australian Golf Show with Mark Allen and Tiffany Cherry as we welcome the winner of more than 50 professional titles including 41 on the LPGA Tour where she's a two-time player of the year and let's of course not forgetting she's also a seven-time major winner welcome to the show Kari Webbs great to have you with us thanks guys thanks for having me on now, there's a lot to talk about, but first, uh, you've been, as we all know, a wonderful supporter of women and girls playing golf, um, having been introduced to the sport by your grandparents, age four, where a lot of people know that story, and you're you're always supporting women. So tell us about a program you're supporting with Golf Australia designed to promote the great work women are doing to grow the sport.
3: Yeah, well, um, I've been working with Golf Australia and really the the whole Australian golf industry with uh, the launch of Vision 2025 back in, I think it was 20. 2017 or 2018 I think it was and um you know we've been doing a lot of great work and and the concept of visionary of the year is as uh, another great step forward and I think it's really celebrating the clubs that are um are really um trying to get out of the traditional golf shackles I guess and and um grow the game in, in the women's and girls um area and and try and become more um uh, a more gender equitable golf club um, and there's many great um, nominations this year and uh, it's it's been really exciting to see I, I I'm looking forward to actually well not only announcing this year's winner but um, seeing this grow over the years because i think um, once other clubs see um, what what programs these mm. um, great great nominations of these clubs are doing um hopefully they'll they'll take it on board and and do something similar
2: oh, yeah, I- Good luck to all the uh, finalists too. Um, My mother and father got me in the golf, and my father got my mother in the golf. But the thing that really got her going down to the golf club all the time, this was in a country town in Shepparton, in Victoria, um, was this lady called Doreen Bodsworth. And I still remember her name, which is unbelievable. But my mum, the way she spoke about Doreen Bodsworth, and it wasn't just mum, but she took so many of these youngsters uh, who are new to the game, um, maybe you know, a little bit intimidated by jumping on the first tee or going down the practice fairway or even going to the clubhouse. But Doreen Bodsworth just cleared the way and she made it really easy and comfortable for people to get into the game that, you know, maybe not necessarily would have. How many Doreen Bodsworths are out there in Australia, do you think?
3: Oh, I think uh, in a lot of clubs, there's there's plenty of Doreen Bodsworths. Uh, it's just, it's just finding them and highlighting them, and, and then encouraging other women to to have the courage to to go to their clubs, and and not only women but men, um, celebrating the men too that want to see a more equitable golf club, and and to see uh, more women and girls out um, playing and enjoying the game of golf.
1: I... I've had a look at all the four finalists and and love all of their initiatives. The one that really stuck with me, and and I'd thought about this, but not the extent that they had uh, created, was the the 5 for 5 from the Medway Golf Club, which is playing five holes for $5. And I think five holes, when I think about my friends who haven't really played the game, is a perfect amount of time to spend out on a golf club, golf course. Um, If you had some words of advice, and you just said then, you know, making it more welcoming, but being a little bit more specific, what would you say to... To courses and clubs who, you know, wanting to get more women into the game. What kind of what words of advice would you give them?
3: I think you gotta think outside the box a little bit. I think the five for five was a brilliant initiative as well, because it was it was creating a pathway to them. Then, you know, if they liked the lessons and they liked the five holes, then they could get to nine holes and eighteen holes mm-hmm. and then hopefully eventually become members of the club. And I think that was their plan all along. And just like you look at pathways for high performance in golf, you know you need to have these pathways in your club to to welcome women in, and I and um, and all of the videos that you'll see on the Golf Show website, mm. one of the things that really hit home to me was how intimidating it can be to go to a, a golf club or to any new facility it's like going to um, in, in a small town going to the local pub when you walk in the locals know that you're not a local and it's mm-hmm. the same as members at golf clubs if you walk into a club they go you're not a member we know that you're not a member and instantly that feels uncomfortable and then Mm. on top of it I think if you're a woman I think that's even more intimidating because most of the people that you're seeing at the club are men so I think I think to think outside the box I think um to attract young girls and young women too I think we really have to you know do away with these old um traditional dress standards and Mm. you know I, I know that um young girls watching um, the LPGA players and and their heroes, um, you know, want to dress like them. You know, you see a million young boys dressing like Ricky Fowler. A lot of the girls can't dress like their heroes because a lot of the clothing isn't allowed at their golf club. And I think um, if we want golf to grow and and to become younger or for the stereotype of it being an older person's game, we have to make it young and we have to we have to stop being so stuck in our ways and saying this is the way it's always been and um we're gonna continue doing that because it's not gonna succeed. Mm.
2: Not even close. It's a great point you made, actually, uh, about what the girls are wearing on TV. They look fantastic these days. They swing fantastic. Um, and if you're a young, a youngster growing up and practising really hard, you, you do. You want to look like your heroes and, and you want to get moving. Now, I, I taught for 10 years um, and we used to have the women's clinics on a Thursday night, you know, and they'd come down. I'd say, now, girls, we've, we've got to get you out in the golf course. And they'd all shake their heads, you know, uh, we're happy here. And they did that for, you know, most of them did it for six, seven weeks and we lost them. We lost them to the game, even though so many of them could really hit the ball beautifully and would enjoy golf.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, you don't have to be an elite player to play golf. You know, I think that's what's, to me, that's what's always been so great about the game of golf and um, is that I can play with you know, a five handicapper, a 10 handicapper, a 36 handicapper, and we can all play against one another. That's what the handicapping system is set up for. And, and that's what's great about golf is that um, all standards of, of players can play against each other. You can't do that in tennis or, um, you know, I guess that's really the only individual sport that I, I can compare it to. You can't do that in tennis. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to have two players of equal ability, you know, playing one another. Golf doesn't have to be that way. So
1: voting is open now, and it closes uh, at uh, well six pm Australian Eastern Daylight like, Saving Standard Time this Sunday, the twenty first of November. Go to golf.org.au to find the four finalists. Watch the videos. they All of them are inspiring and and fantastically presented. Um, The winners will receive $10,000 worth of products from uh, Callaway, which is awesome. And, um, yeah, it's the inaugural inaugural, uh, competition. And as you said, Kari, we hope that this will continue and grow. So thanks so much for your support on that. And just looking at the health of the game in Australia, um, looking at women, we've got four Aussies, Kari, inside the top 100, led by Minji Lee at number seven in the world are you happy where women's golf is at the professional level in Australia
3: Uh, I'm definitely more happy about it than I was maybe um four or five years ago I think um you know I think there has been a commitment to um to women's golf across the board and and I think we're we're starting to see that I think you know even you know we're talking about Minji and Hannah and and the girls in the top 100 but um, you know someone like a uh, uh, Stephanie Kiriaku um you know last year popped up right before covid and and won a professional event in in New South Wales um against some of the best european players and um you know then has gone on to to great heights and had two very successful years uh playing on the on the european tour and and you know i think that just goes to show that the high performance programs around the country that she was you know she was put in a situation where she wasn't expecting to play um, professional golf um, in 2020 and uh you know the development was there and she was ready to step up to that next level even even when it was unexpected
1: and we've got the, the 24 of the best uh, women golfers joining us now and and there's uh, obviously new news which has been out for a couple of weeks but the new curry web cup um given to the winner of the australian WPA ga championships yeah which is Fantastic to be held in your home state, at uh, obviously Royal Queensland in Brisbane um, in January, mid-January. What was your first reaction when um, first told of this and also when asked if uh, the cup could be named in your honour?
3: Well, I'd actually heard about the concept um, long before they asked me about, um, you know, having my name on the trophy. And I thought it was great, um, you know, a great way to provide another opportunity for for the women in australia to to showcase their skills and alongside the men i think um you know that's shown to be very popular not mm. only in australia but around the world now um so i think that's good and and um and 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 there's interest for that um for the women's pga to 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 take and be in a standalone event um starting 2023 which i think is fantastic um Uh, And just to have my name on the trophy, obviously, that's not something that you ever uh, think that's, you know, going to happen, but Mm -hmm. it's nice to be thought of that way. And it's nice that, um, you know, I can still have a part, you know, in in many years to come to to be a part of uh, the growth of, of the women's game in Australia.
2: One of the great things about it too, Curry, and you've seen it firsthand at the Victorian Open when there are men and women, it brings people through the gates. You know, it's one thing to have um, a men's tournament over here, but the curiosity factor for so many to see women's golf live next to the men is enormous. And you've been to the Vic Open, you've seen the crowds. Um, I've certainly been to enough uh, Australian PGA's to know. I've got a feeling the crowd numbers will double and it is just going to look sensational on the on the television can you see that happening as well
3: yeah i can i think it, i mean it, it's a a specific golf venue that can can host these events but it's not only proven popular in australia but other um tours around the world have taken the example of the big open mm-hmm. and are having their own events now there's you know there's one in ireland now um henrik Stenson, Annika soren sam are doing one in sweden um you know so it's, it is proving popular. I think, um, you know, um, you know, you see the growth in tennis, um, you know, when women's tennis is really popular, it lifts the men's game up and vice versa. When the men's game is popular, Mm. it lifts the women's game up. And, and so that that, they've both been, you know, very strong tours for many, many years. And and I think that's only going to benefit um, you know, women's golf has their their own fan base um, and and men's too, and there there are crossovers, but I think um, both the men and women will will gain new fans um, when we the more often that we we play against or play against one another or play um, at during the same week um, on the same golf course. Um, you know, I think you know it's only beneficial for everybody, but you know obviously it really lifts the women's game.
2: Righto, Curry uh, I'm not going to let this opportunity go past. Uh, we've got a Hall of Famer uh, online uh, and someone who is destined to be a legend of Australian sport as well. You're going to get mm. going into that Hall of Fame as a legend one day. I absolutely guarantee it. So my question to people like you, uh, people who dominated a sport and, and people, uh, you know, it's, it was a while ago, it's easy to forget, but certainly ones who played the game do not forget how you dominated women's golf for so long. Your average tour pro, I'm talking about me and many others, our form waves were extreme. You know, you'd have one good week and then your form would drop off for a long time. People who were at the top of their game and 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 climbed the pyramid that you climbed, your form wave was so shallow. You were either winning tournaments or basically finishing in the top ten. There was there wasn't much else. When you look back on that time of your career, can you explain the mindset? or the way you swung the club, or the way that your short game helped you a lot, is there something you look back on and go, you know what, that was it?
3: Not one specific thing. I think um, probably the, the dominant um, memory or feeling for me is that um, it just wasn't enough. Uh, whether that was good or bad, I, I probably wasn't at some times the, the um, nicest person to be around because I was so demanding on myself I demanded that same work ethic from everyone around me and my team um you know and uh, I guess uh, this will explain it perfectly um I hold uh the most top consecutive top tens um on the LPGA which is 16 top tens in a row which was over (laughs) over 99 into 2000 and I didn't even know I held that record and still probably about 10 years ago one of the young Koreans um, had gotten to 11 or 12 um, top tens and the LPGA started talking about it and I didn't even know that I, I held that record and someone said Sixteen top tens, man! That was, that's amazing. And you know, what were you thinking? And I was like, probably that I wasn't winning enough. You know, like, <laughs> you know, the the top tens weren't something that you know. I'm, obviously, that's a great stat, but I I do remember going, oh, just another top ten. You know, just like no perspective whatsoever. But I think if I had have had that perspective, perhaps I wouldn't have pushed myself as hard. So. It's, you know, a double-edged sword. Um, I I could have probably enjoyed that period a bit more, but um, I probably wouldn't have got as much out of myself.
2: Just interesting on that one little point you made that you're a nicer person today. I, I find that I find that absolutely fascinating because you know you look at Nick Feldo and he was hard to be around and play with. These days, you know, he's always smiling and laughing. It seems on on the commentary. Um, you got you know Ben Hogan apparently loosened up once he finished up. Uh, our very own Greg Norman he's a nudist for goodness sakes these days. So you know <laughs> everybody everybody changes in different ways. Does it? Did it feel like? you know when the form started to slip away that you could slip back into that persona that we all knew we all know it's in there somewhere but when did you find that that was changing for you
3: i think uh i well during that period i didn't really enjoy everything that else that came with that success so um it, it that was sort of bothering me a lot too um but i i kind of um I got to a point where I didn't, I could, I could sense like, you know, if my family were at an event that they were sort of at times walking around on eggshells around me and, um, and I was getting older and I, I noticed that and I was like, I don't, I don't like that about myself. And I Mm -hmm. didn't like, not that I, I, my caddies would say that I didn't ever ease up, but, um, you know, I think I, um, you know, definitely was more aware. Um, and I didn't want to be that person. And if I wanted, if I wanted the same success, I had to find a different recipe, which, um, actually I didn't ever find that, that exact same recipe again. Cause I never, you know, I had one other dominant year in 2006. Um, but, um, you know, I didn't find that recipe again. Um, but I, it, I was trying to enjoy the process a little bit more and, and be more appreciative for the good golf and, and really um, be thankful for that and not just move on to the next week. And I think, and that's why I know that if I had have done that during that really um, long period of good golf, I I possibly um, would have, you know, taken my foot off the pedal a little bit and, and not been as, as dominant. Um, I still would have been successful, but I probably wouldn't have been as dominant.
2: See, I should have been nastier, Tiff. I, I, should, I should have just been nastier when it counted.
1: It's it's interesting you say that. I've interviewed a lot of sports people, and and uh, and a lot of them say they've you know they've certainly eased up and, and become a lot a lot nicer. And as they as they get older, we we all have idols, heroes. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think Greg Norman was yours, Kari, and probably was the reason why he decided you were going to become a golfer. Um, what do you? A lot of young girls, a lot of women, looked up to you. Um, still do look up to you. What do you hope that it is about you and your game that the legacy that you've left that has inspired them?
3: Well, I think obviously um, how I went about my playing career. Firstly, I guess um, you know I left everything out there. I um, you know I know how fortunate op- how fortunate. I am as a woman to play a sport that I, if I do play successfully, I can make a living out of and not have to worry about what, what's next in my life. Uh, and so I, I got 110% out of my talent and I never, um, I can, I'll I'll never look back and say I didn't work hard enough Mm -hmm. or, um, or I, I didn't do enough or I didn't, I didn't push myself to be the best every single time I played. Um, So for that, I I hope, um, the girls, uh, probably some of the older girls would, would have seen that. Um, the younger girls won't have seen that. Um, but I think what, I think the most important thing now is that, um, you know, Greg Norman, um, I was the first, uh, winner of the Greg Norman junior masters, the girls winner. And, um, that first year Greg had the two winners the boys and the girls winner um stay with him in Florida Mm. and that was just unbelievable for me to you know to be living and you know every day with with the person that I had grown up looking up to that was you know an unbelievable experience for me and um the Kari web series and the and the mentoring and stuff I do with the young girls now is my pay it forward and and you know my hope is that all the girls lives that I have touched since starting that program that that they pay it forward because that you know those multiples of all those girls you know that's where I think the health of women's golf uh, internationally at the highest level is going to be even stronger in in 10-15 years because we're going to have this group of girls coming through and giving back to the game hopefully and and growing it and producing more and more great female players.
1: Do you ever wish that you're playing today? Have you ever won a car you saw over the weekend, Sue O, winning (laughs) uh, the lease for a couple of years of a Lamborghini?
3: Yeah, I actually talked to Sue last night um, and uh, she said she can't drive a manual and I said (laughs) she could leave Leave it in my in my garage and I'll teach her how to drive it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Two years is certainly long
3: enough. Um, yeah. Yet do
1: you think today, you know, you would have loved to have, uh, the opportunities
3: that are there now for women playing the game? 20 years ago when, when I was dominating golf, I really feel like that was one of the, the healthiest times in LPGA in history until probably now. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I would say with inflation, our purses haven't really grown tremendously um until the last couple of years and 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 going forward i think um you're going to see our majors um increase in significantly which then some of the bigger events that aren't majors will will in turn increase their prize money um and and like uh greenie winning a million dollars for the aon risk yep. reward i also talked to her and told her that um it's her shout for quite some time so um
1: <laughs> we,
3: we do i'm have actually to- I, i'm actually seeing them tomorrow night I'm, I'm driving over to naples to the last tournament of the year so um i'm catching up with them tomorrow night so uh Greenie shout tomorrow night
1: <laughs> we do have to let you go but i just one quick question if you can answer it succinctly the curry web cup i believe you're designing it where will you draw the inspiration from
3: well i don't have a lot of experience in designing trophies but. Um, I think uh, it key being a cup. It has to hold a um, a bowl of wine or quite a few beers. Or um, <laughs> in Hannah Green's case, when when we had the when we had the KPMG uh, Women's PGA Cup um, at our house when she won a couple of years ago, hers was vodka and sprite. So it has yep. to hold substantial amounts of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to see because it's the uh, Australian Women's PGA something that reflects uh, Australia, but then also because I'm a Queenslander some something that reflects um, Queensland as well. So mm. we're early early stages in the design, but um, that's that's the message I've sent so far.
1: Well, Curry, um, thank you so much for joining us uh, obviously from uh, what is your night time in Florida? and also thanks for all your promotion of the Visionary of the year. Um, you
3: know we're really looking
1: forward to seeing where that goes in, in years to come.
3: Yes, me too. Thanks for having me on, guys. So the,
1: the visionary of the year, has said, the nominations close this uh, Sunday, November the 21st, and the winner is announced on November 30th. So go to golf.org.au. And what are we doing next, What are well, we doing next? Well, of course, we're going to he- head uh, to a break right now, but we're going to join with the gazelle right after this, Martin Blake, with all the news from around the traps. Hey, Marco, there is so much news uh, in, in golf especially amongst our Aussies this week. Brilliant news. And, of course, Martin Blake has his finger on the pulse. So, uh, Martin, what have we got around the traps? Um, I believe there's an ace that uh, delivered a very nice prize.
0: I think that went viral, Tiff. That belongs to Sue O from Melbourne, who knocked one in uh, during the LPGA tournament there and it happened to be a two-year lease of a Lamborghini uh, Mm. as the prize. I loved her. I love to quote afterwards because she said that she has never driven a stick shift car in her entire life and she hopes they've got good insurance on it. She's going to be driving around in a a Lambo for two years, which wouldn't be – have you ever driven one, Marco, or Tiff?
2: No, I haven't. uh, But uh, Kari Webb just told us that she doesn't know how to drive a stick. So uh, apparently it's going to be parked in Kari's garage. And she's going to teach teach, uh, Sue to drive a stick even though it's the Lamborghini. I I did it in a little Toyota Corolla when I learned to drive a stick, but things are obviously changing these days.
0: It was a big week actually for the Australian women because Hannah Green, who actually travels with Sue, they're actually great mates. They uh, Long story, but they both suffered from loneliness when they went out on the tour and they, they worked out because Hannah's boyfriend, Jared Felton basically drops in and out. You know, he's often traveling himself. So, um, Hannah and Sue basically book everything and travel together uh, to keep, keep each other company, and Hannah Green won the Aon Risk Reward bonus from the LPGA Tour, which is a million bucks U.S.,
1: can you explain um,
0: how that works? Yeah, explain. Yeah, the one. so it's a fairly new thing. Uh, they designated certain holes each week that were normally reachable par fives, Marco, and mm-hmm. short par fours. So they it was meant to encourage people to go for it, basically. And they calculated their score on that hole week after week. So um, Hannah Green was, I think, around about one under par for on average, for all of those holes throughout the year. And that was the best of anyone. We've known for a couple of weeks that she was likely to win this, but I think Lexi Thompson, if she'd made an eagle over the weekend, could have caught up to her. But Hannah's ended up picking up the, the million bucks, which is very nice. Yeah, She,
1: she said she's having dinner. In fact, with uh, the two of them are uh, having dinner with Kari tomorrow night. So Kari said it, certainly uh, Hannah's shout.
0: They're both uh, graduates of the Kari Webb Scholarship, which is a great story in itself. You know, yeah. the, just some of those uh, young women who've been and stayed with Kari and, and visited uh, major tournaments uh, and that kind of thing with her. So, yeah. Uh, the other the other good story of the week was Minwoo Lee. Mm. Uh, Marco, you would have been watching this as well, I think, and Tiff uh, finished tied fourth in Dubai. I was watching him very closely because he started the week 56th in the world, and I, I did mention to you last week the significance of getting in the top 50. Uh, he fell away a little bit just late in his final round. He had a chance of winning, uh, ended up finishing tied fourth. As I said, he's gone to number 51 Ooh. and Ooh. he's playing in the DP World Championship in uh, Dubai again this week, which is uh, a very high-ranking high point. High yeah. of points. Lots of points. I gather from his manager, I spoke to his manager just – last night, and he said that Minwoo is already in the Open Championship, British Open Championship at St Andrews, on the basis of his European tour points right. this year,
3: Yeah,
0: uh, but if he gets year-end top 50 world ranking, he's in all right. of them, including yeah. the World, world yeah. Golf Championships, so 23 years of age, um, you know, the world's his oyster. I, I looked up, he started this year 171st on the world ranking, so... He's okay. one of the most improved players in the world.
2: So a couple of weeks ago, we were just wondering when that end point was. Yeah. Are you telling us it's basically at the end of the European Tour or is there a date in December or something like that where the cutoff is if you're in the top 50 year and they are all the majors in the World Golf Championship?
0: According to his manager, it's year end, December 31. So basically,
2: if, if he's in that top 50, entrenched in that top 50, the, the tournaments around Christmas are small point events and the only way he'd be knocked out if he, a lot of people... Who are just outside start winning. So you think if he he gets the number 47 or 46, let's say the start of December, um, he's pretty much there. He's pretty much there. So a big win, a big week this week gets it done.
0: Yeah, his manager said if you finish top 10 in Dubai this week, it'd be fine. So. You know what
1: i love about him he loves his social media he's out there yeah i just i reckon he's doing so much for the game in obviously globally but but in australia i'd love to see how much his uh his social media following has skyrocketed and you know and the impact that he's having on those younger players
0: he does do a lot of instagram work mm-hmm. and uh he's a bit of a character he's he's very different to minji who is very solitary. She's an incredibly hard worker. Min- Minwoo can- tends to go up and down a little bit. I spoke to him about it one time, about the differences between him and Minji, and he mm-hmm. said, well, we're both aiming to get to the same place, but my line is a little bit more squiggly. That's how he how he put it. Uh, Cam Smith finished uh, tied 15th in the Houston Open. Uh, Phil Mickelson won the seniors again. Uh, I noticed that yeah. Steve Alka, who we should get on the program, was runner-up. Um Nellie Corder won on the LPGA Tour for the fourth time this year. She's an incredible player. And uh, just a couple of other things I wanted to mention was Louis Dobler. Mm. Um, I think, Marco, you suggested this week that um, we should get him on. He turned pro a week ago, went to the Latin America Tour School, needing to finish in the top 12, and finished second. So mm. 20 years of age, he's now a carded professional player he's going to play on the pga tour latino america
2: yeah let's get him on let's get him on a little later in the year i reckon when he's back at home and gearing up for the start of that uh, that series we spoke about stevie ocker off the top of the program gee what what this guy has done it, it's yeah. just it is just unbelievable to be a monday qualifier in the champions tour to now i thought he finished second first second he is now exempt on the Champions Tour. I think he's tripled the amount of money he won on the uh, regular tour, and J- how old on is the he? Champions Tour. I think he's just turned 50, 50 just turned 51. 50. Yeah, 50, 51. And he's not doing it against, you know, chumps. I mean, you have a look. <laughs> he's doing, he came second to Phil Mickelson. Fred Couples was up there. I mean, it, it's it's literally a who's who of the champions too, it was the Charles Schwab. It was the it was the season ender, and he's come second. I mean, it, it, we spoke at the top of the show yep, that go- golf is a game for life, mm. uh, and this guy right now, like we said at the start, he's playing his best ever golf. Living right proof. now, yeah, yeah, it's amazing.
0: He's obviously he- found something. Now Kelsey Bennett, I wanted to mention, she's runner up in the Women's Asia Pacific Amateur in Abu Dhabi. She was so close. I mean, there were two spots in majors for next year on the on the, the line there. Unfortunately, she fell just short. I think she had a birdie putt at the last hole, 25 feet, didn't make it, ended up losing to Mizuki Hashimoto of Japan. But uh, Kelsey Bennett, watch out for her. She's from Mollymook, beautiful spot mm. oh, up there on him. the coast of New South Wales. So um, one last thing, guys, uh, the Australian Golf Centre is now hosting all the staff of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia as of <laughs> yesterday we're all in together congratulations we're, we'll try, we're doing our best to align after well you know you both know that the story over the years that uh, mm-hmm. those two organizations have fought like cat and dog really to be perfectly truthful but um, under James Sutherland and Gavin Kirkman they're now aligning together they're, they're not merging but we're doing a lot of stuff together. It's interesting; you've got all the staff intermingled with each other, so it's just teams. So the public affairs teams sit together. It's not mm. just one up one end PGA, the other NGA. It's in Sandringham, right opposite Royal Melbourne.
1: I drove in the other day just to have a little bit of a look, and I was so impressed. You what you drive in, and it is world class, um, as you, as you said, opposite Royal Melbourne, and uh, it's it's something to be really really proud of. And there's going to be a lot of activity down there.
0: Absolutely. And, and a nice little studio here that's meant to be set up soon for us to record the Australian Golf Show as well.
1: All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll wait for our invitation.
0: That should be coming very soon. <laughs> Tiff and Marco, thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Martin. That uh, was great, great to bring all the news from around the world and uh, Aussie's doing really well. We'll check in with you again next week. See you later, guys. All right. A short break coming up. And then after that, uh, we check in with Marco's Masterclass. Stick around. Hey, Marco, quickly, before we say goodbye for the week, Marco's Masterclass, what have you got for us?
2: Well, I watched Steve Elka, and we've spoken about him off the top, uh, one of the, the strengths of his crush. game. Yeah, I do. I wish yeah, I was Steve Elka. It. I do. I wish That's I was great. still playing out he there. He probably says, oh, I wish I was Mark
1: Allen.
2: <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> one of the strengths of this man's game has always been his wedge play, and the ability to hit the ball the right distance with the wedges. Now, with wedges, you, you know, hitting some, hitting a shot 20 foot past the hole or 20 foot short of the hole is as bad as hitting it 20 foot left or right yes. for these great players. The best wedge players in the world always hit the ball the right distance. Now, the way you do this is is, is not the way most people think. Is about trying to hit the ball harder or softer or just a little bit harder or gripping down. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. what works is a bit like if you're trying to throw a ball tiff if you're throwing a ball in the bin in the corner of the room you would just do a little short backswing and the ball would magically get there if you're throwing that same ball across the street it's not a little short backswing it's a great big long backswing and that's how you get the momentum uh, in your hand to get the ball across the street it is exactly the same with chipping with pitching And with wedges, the length of your backswing determines how far the ball goes. So next time you're out there and you're trying to hit a half wedge, don't half hit the wedge. Do a backswing that matches the distance you want the ball to travel. And it sounds back to front, but it's what the best players in the world have been doing for a long, long time. It's much simpler than it sounds, and it works. Backswing length determines how far the ball goes. Try it next time. you play.
1: I'm going out right now. Thank you for that. I'll uh, check you with you next week.
2: See you next so, week.